So I think I've started a read the Bible in a year calendar, um, I don't know, so many times in my Christian life. And I usually do really well um, when I get through Genesis and January and Exodus. Um, and, 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 but I always get bogged down when it comes to Leviticus. But if I can survive Leviticus and even numbers to some degree, I think I seem to do pretty well in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, do you ever do Bible in a year calendars? I have. I have. And then same issue. I get to Leviticus and then I kind of sometimes fall off. <laughs> Let's go to the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, Leviticus is it's like a, it's like a, a bog. It, it can trap, trap us down. But if we can get through it, then we get to Deuteronomy, and and that's what we're going to talk about today is the book of Deuteronomy, and we want to find out what is the book the book of Deuteronomy, and why are we talking about it today? Welcome to the Ridgeline Community Church Overtime Podcast. This is a place for us to put bonus content and other material that is designed to inform and encourage the church that gathers weekly in Telford, Pennsylvania. I'm Gibson Largent, and I'm the pastor and uh, and the host of today's podcast. And with me is Cherie. Hello. My name is Cherie Leatherman. I lead the women's ministries here at uh, Ridgeline, and I also teach the Rooted Women's Bible Study, which is a Bible study for the women of our church, but also for women in the community. Good, and that's um, that's what we've um, what's brought us to this podcast today. Is uh, you're going to be teaching through Deuteronomy in the fall. But before we get to that, you heard in the intro, Cherie, um, that we called it River River, not Riverside, <laughs> as the church I used to go to, Ridgeline Overtime. And I don't know if that's a good name for this podcast or not. We've kicked around a couple of different ideas, overtime, overflow. Um, you came up with a really good idea last week. Uh, you bonus, said, yeah, bonus track. Bonus track, bonus material. Uh, that seems to be um, helpful. When my, my kids would play a DVD, they would always look at the bonus content. And that's kind of what this is. It's like the junk drawer of useful information that might not necessarily make it into a Sunday morning gathering but we feel like it's helpful, useful content. Uh, we just don't always know where to put it or what to do with it. You guys have a junk drawer at your house? I do in my kitchen. It has about a hundred of those little light bulbs from the Christmas tree replacement light bulbs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I save them every year. I add more to the junk drawer and never use them. Never. <laughs> I don't understand it. I think as a homeschool family, we have pencils. A ridiculous amount of pencils that fill the junk drawer. Every once in a while, I'll go through the junk drawer and clean it out. Um, and I typically find useful stuff, extra batteries, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of chargers and things like that. Um, but I don't know if we should call this the Ridgeline junk drawer. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, it just became a place where you and I thought um, some of the material and the content and the things that you and I talk about in the office on a weekly basis might be helpful for us to communicate to the congregation. And so one of the topics that um, we included and wanted to get started with was last week you told me that you guys were going to go through the book of Deuteronomy. Why don't you um, tell us what led you to the book of Deuteronomy and uh, 
what what it is about it that uh, made it appealing for you. Okay. Um, so in our women's Bible study for the last 10 years, we go between, we jump between every year, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. So this past year, we went through the book of Matthew, and I knew that the next semester was going to be an Old Testament uh, year. And um, we've just gone through Genesis the year before, and so um, I had thought about Deuteronomy. I had read through Deuteronomy, and I had um, enjoyed, uh, uh, I had gone to a conference where the Deuteronomy was the main theme for the conference and just was really blown away by this book. And um, so it had been kind of brewing in my mind, but um, one of the things that drew me to it is, is the knowledge that Jesus has quoted from Deuteronomy more than any other Old Testament scripture. So that was like, okay, it's an important book. This is a foundational book. Um, I, I think, too, I th- um, there's often, I think, misconceptions in the church about the Old Testament and about the law and about the God of the Old Testament. And somehow the God of the Old Testament is this mean, angry, kind of cranky God, and he's just giving these ridiculous laws that nobody seems to think, you know, have any bearing on anything. And and so I'm always wanting to help us to see the truth about God mm that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Mm. There is not any difference between the two. They're the same God. They're, yeah. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, I think that as we dive deep into the scriptures, into the book of Deuteronomy, we'll be able to see the consistency of the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, so those are some of the thoughts that were kind of rolling around in my head as I was thinking through what yeah. would be next. All right, good. Um, you know, when people do bring that up, that the God of the Old Testament looks radically different than the God of the New Testament, it's always been helpful to me when one of my professors pointed this out and what I've since pointed out to people when they bring that up is that the New Testament really only covers a very short sliver of history, Mm -hmm. a hundred years maybe, 90 years if you consider John on the island of Patmos as written in the book of Revelation, written in 90. But starting with Jesus' birth, you know, that it really only encompasses a, a, a fairly short right. amount of time, whereas the Old Testament really covers creation through the beginning of the intertestamental period, about 400 years before Jesus. So that's a, if you're a young earth creationist, that's a 6,000-year mm-hmm. period. If you're um, a creationist in a regular sense, it might be twelve to 25,000 years. Mm-hmm. Or that's a whole nother rabbit trail. <laughs> but... You know, we just have a, a much more compact right. view of who God is in the revelation of Jesus Christ and the establishment of the church in the New Testament. Uh, so I do like that rhythm that you have to go from the Old Testament to the New Testament and from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, and and I didn't know that. You said Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy mm-hmm. more than any other book. I think I would have thought Isaiah. Right. Um yeah, yeah, I would have thought so too. But yeah, he's he quotes from it often, and and it uh, yeah, I just I think too the other piece to all of this is that if we are to understand and know Jesus Himself, I think we need to know and understand the Old Testament, and we need to know and understand the law, um, because Jesus loved the law, mm. he loved it, and he lived it perfectly. 
um, he obeyed it to perfection. And that's one of the themes of Deuteronomy is that perfect obedience to the law is required. Mm. And of course, we know Israel could not do that. We know we cannot do that. But Jesus did. So if we're to know Jesus, to understand who he is and, and, and what he came to do, I think we will know him in a much richer way as we learn the Old Testament, as we learn Deuteronomy. So, All right. So for um, a person who is new to the Bible or who doesn't you know, remember um, everything that there is to remember about Deuteronomy, where it falls, give us some of the 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 basic statistics you would find on a baseball card for for Deuteronomy. Okay, Deuteronomy is um, part of the uh, first five books of the Bible. Um, It's the fifth. It's written, um, it is believed, the vast majority of it is written by Moses, who was um, the people of Israel's, you know, most famous leader, the original leader. He was the one that God used to bring them out of slavery in Egypt, and he's the one that was the recipient, the receiver of the law. Um, He led them all the way up to the point of going into the promised land, and then he there was a transfer of power from Moses to Joshua. And Deuteronomy is um, his sermon Hmm. to the people as they are about to enter into the promised land. He's about to die. These are kind of his last words. And these are kind of, they're, they're kind of an instruction. They're, they're reminding them of the faithfulness of God and how he had faithfully brought them out of Egypt. Also their faithlessness, <laughs> you know, there's kind of a rehearsal of just a little bit of their history, but it's also, um, instructions on how they're going to live they are they are to live as they go into this pagan land so um yeah it's it's part of the pentateuch well it's yes fantastic i mean it's fascinating that um you think about moses as you said if it's his last message or his last sermon before they went in um you know moses baby moses in the nile uh, 40 year old moses um you know, as the son of adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, and then kills an Egyptian, flees to Midian, becomes a shepherd um, in the desert for another 40 years. So as an 80-year-old, he encounters God in the burning bush and is called to go back and does the miracles and the deliverance and the exodus and the Red Sea and all that. So much for retirement, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What does that tell us about yeah. retirement? It tells oh us that goodness. ministry can begin at 80, so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so this isn't even his, you know, in his 80s. Deuteronomy might be dated, and we're, we're not for sure about this, but Deuteronomy might be dated somewhere more along in, in his 100 and mm-hmm. teens years. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, was he lived about 120 years? Uh-huh, that's right. About 40 yeah. years that he ministered. Uh, so his uh, it's written by uh, delivered by um, an a, an aging leader as he's passing it off to Joshua. Well, with my experience with the Book of Deuteronomy, it's largely positive. Like I mentioned earlier, um, Leviticus seems to be a, a real struggle for me. Uh, but Deuteronomy has some variety. It's a um, it's some passion about Moses imploring. Uh, there's the scene where um, half the congregation was on mm. one side of a mountain and the other was on the other, and they're calling back and forth to each other the curses, yeah. the blessings. Um, there is um, encouragement. It's got some interesting information. Uh, in the first few chapters, it talks about Og 
this crazy king that uh, is a giant and it tells you these random dimensions of the size of his bed is like nine <laughs> feet made of iron. And I always find it fascinating which details are included yeah. in the scripture. It's like, yeah, there's I wonder some, why that's there. <laughs> there's some interesting history. It talks yeah. about the Rephaim and the Anakim and the Emim. These are all the giant race that was dying out, but there were some remnants of these giant Nephilim race. So that's kind of in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, it's also some troubling information mm. because you start to get some conquest of some of these outer lands. Right. And it's the first mention of God, uh, you know, telling them to leave, uh, leave no survivors, to wipe out men, women, children, the total destruction. That'll be fun. You guys will yeah. enjoy talking about that. Well, we did study Judges a couple years ago, so that kind of <laughs> set the stage, I think, for a lot of this. It's always hard sometimes to look into the holiness of God mm. and when judgment is about to fall. But I always, I, I found so far, and I'm assuming I will find again in, in the study of Deuteronomy, that where there is judgment, there is mercy and there's a way of escape. Like there's, you know, there's opportunities mm. for people to come to repentance or to come to, to escape. Um, you know, I think about even in, in Judges how, there was refuge for Rahab mm. from the judgment of God because yeah. she turned to him. And so, you know, we're always looking for those scenes or those pictures that we can find in, 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 in the word of God that in, even in the midst of judgment, there is mercy and grace that God is offering. And often a very patient God who has mm-hmm. sent wave after wave after right. wave of um, warning right. and opportunity. Uh, even with um, the Israelites in Egypt, yeah. I think there's a statement that the sins of the Amorites has not yet been filled, filled yet. Yep. And so there was like a limit that God was allowing it to mm-hmm. build up to before um, the judgment of the conquest took place. Right. And it's in that process that Abraham encounters Melchizedek yep. and the preacher of righteousness and the the king of peace and, and the he king was of in Salem. Canaan. He was in the land of Canaan. He was there. Yeah. In that place, which was amazing to realize. Yeah. So when people read this and say, you know, God is this angry God who wants entire people groups to be wiped out, um, on the surface, in just a casual reading of the text, it, it doesn't take into consideration the entire context of God's redemptive purpose right. and his patience and his warnings over yes. a period of years. So I know that you guys will get into that. Uh, there's also in Deuteronomy what's called the Shema. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, in one of my first study Bibles, it says that that's the most quoted, mm. uh, some of the most quoted passages in the Bible that faithful Jews will um, will say the Shema on a regular basis. Um, a personal verse that I've always found intriguing is in Deuteronomy 29, 29. Um, the secret things belong to mm. the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Mm. I just think it's neat that God reserves a lot of secret things that he has no intention of sharing with us. Sometimes I think we're we're so more interested in the secret things <laughs> than in the revealed things. Yeah, you that's know? right. He's given us his word. That's the revealed things and that's for right. us and for our children. But we can get consumed with secret knowledge or secret information. It's like, 
you know, what is the secret will of God or whatever. So, you know, I sometimes think we're so distracted by the secret things that we kind of can miss miss what he's revealed to us. Absolutely. Uh, My first real sermon, um, after 10 years of kind of laboring without really knowing how to preach, um, I learned how to preach in a seminary class in Louisville, Kentucky. And the first real sermon that I felt like I really studied and really exegeted and really delivered and got a good grade on, frankly, um, <laughs> which doesn't happen all the time, <laughs> was from Deuteronomy 8 about how the Lord humbled them and he mm. allowed them to be tested and their clothes didn't wear out and he provided for them and their shoes didn't wear out. And he He taught them that uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8 has been a, a foundational passage for me in my ministry, but also in my understanding of God allowing negative things to happen Mm. in a person's life, to bring them through a period of testing. And that's where they are. They're on the edge of the wilderness. They're about to go into the Mm. land. And and Moses is, like you said, delivering this passionate historical reminder of where they've come from, but also where they're going. Mm -hmm. It's a really neat book. It is. I'm excited about it. Um, The last thing that made it really interesting for me is um, years ago, 23 years ago, Julie and I were just dating and I kept praying this prayer, Lord, I think you want me to marry Julie. It's in my heart to marry Julie. I really want to marry her, and um, but I also know that I want to marry who you want me to marry, and I want to make sure that this is the person that you want me to marry. And so my prayer every day be, became, it's in my heart to marry Julie. Show me if my heart is deceiving me or if I should obey the word that is in my heart. I don't know why. That's just the language that I mm. used. I wasn't. I didn't really sit down and pen that. It just became over uh, months and months the language that I was using. Finally, I got to a point where that prayer wasn't really being answered, so I decided I was going to fast. And I said, I'm going to fast and pray until you give me an answer to this question, which is dumb, by the way. Yeah, I I don't know that I would. What if it's like 40 days? (laughs) I mean, it could have been. It could have been. I didn't think it through very well. No. I think I was 25 or so. I'm assuming the Lord was merciful to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very merciful. Because on the first day, the second day, third day, um, I'm, you know, committing the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all snacks in between, you know, all that time without eating is just dedicated to praying that same prayer. And, you know, I wasn't scouring the Bible looking for an answer. I was just doing my daily reading. Mm. And so on the third, I'm sorry, on the fourth day, my daily reading was in Deuteronomy 30. Oh, wow. And so I had that quiet time. I had this prayer time, and I prayed that prayer. And um, and on Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, I came across these words. It says, no, the word is very near you. Mm. It is in your heart so that you may obey it. <laughs> and I just felt a sense of peace yeah. that that was the Lord's affirmation and calling that I should propose, or I had the freedom to propose to Julie. So then I left, and I closed my Bible, and I was like, that's fantastic. But now I have to find a ring, and I need the Lord just to just confirm this. And so I went to work, and not 30 minutes later, a guy named Jeff Hubbard came into my um, workplace at the time, and I told him everything. And so my backup prayer to the Lord was, you know, if you really want me to do this, help me to buy her a ring. So Jeff comes in, and he says, um, I tell him what happens, and he said, listen, that's fantastic. I really affirm that and love you both. And I'll buy you a ring, and uh, you can borrow, um, you know, up to twenty five hundred dollars, and and pay it back without interest, 
and um, and so immediately that prayer was answered. Wow! And uh, and it was a beautiful thing because with every hundred dollars I paid back for the next twenty five months or whatever, he said, "I want you to write me a little note about all the ways that you honored Julie." Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and then a couple of years ago, he sent me that whole oh, thick packet of letters that I wow. Wrote. So anyway, that's very cool. Yeah, so I like Deuteronomy. I can see why. There's some neat things for me in Deuteronomy. <laughs> Um, what about you? What has some of your experience in Deuteronomy been? Well, not anything like yours <laughs> at all. Um, it's been just more regular. Um, it's I've read through it several times. I've just started. I'm going to be writing the um, study guide for the the women who take the class. So um, when I write the study guide, I sit down with the text and I just ask it, ask it questions all the time. So that's kind of where I'm at in it. Um, I've read through it before doing that, you know, kind of parsing it out and just trying to figure out how I'm going to divide it up and things like that, um, each week. So, um, but I've, I'm in the process of just kind of diving into it and just, um, yeah, enjoying that piece of it. I, I didn't think I would ever enjoy writing study guides, but I love it. It's, it's fun. Any, um, any particular passage that's gripped you as you've looked over it in the last uh, few weeks? Yeah, there's been, um, and I can't remember, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it, towards the end of the book, um, you know, Moses is, is, you know, you know, kind of concluding his thoughts about uh, before he, he finishes the, the whole entire book. And, and in there, there's a couple of statements that are made that, you know, you have seen, you know, he's talking, he's rehearsing for them all that they have seen God do. You've seen it with their eyes and they've heard it with their ears and they've all these things. And yet they don't see because the Lord did not give them or allowed them to see. So, you know, there's a sense in which they've been a part of all that God has been doing, but be, and they've seen it, but they haven't seen it completely. And then he talks about how um, that we're to obey the Lord with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our minds. Love him and obey him. But we don't have the heart to do that. But mm. there's, I think it's in 29, but I can't quite remember, where he says that God is going to give you a heart so that mm. you will love him and serve him and obey him. And that, of course, in my, you know, my understanding is that speaking of the the future time when Jesus would come and, you know, and he would fulfill the law and then this new covenant would come about and we would be like in Ezekiel. It also says you know, he would give you a new heart and put a spirit within you and cause you to walk in all my ways. And I just, I love that all the way back at the beginning, it's like, this is required of you. You can't do it, but God's going to, mm. God's going to make sure he's going to make it happen. And that hope that we have even in the midst of failure. And that's been, you know, just, I love seeing that all the way back then. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I'm excited. Um, I, I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing your reports on how it goes. Uh, I guess the final question is, uh, if you have somebody that is considering, should I come to the Deuteronomy Monday Bible study? Um, are you still going to do a morning and an evening, first of all? Yes, yes, morning with child care. We, okay. have, child, we have rooted kids, um, child care, really well done. Um, Janine Berge uh, manages that. And she, the kids don't just get babysat. Mm. They get taught. They yeah. get taught right alongside their moms. And that's just beautiful to see them learn. This past year in Matthew, she she went through, the kids went through Matthew. So it was great. 
Good. Yeah. So we're going to have a Monday morning and a Monday evening. Um, is there any one particular idea or theme that you feel like is most applicable to the women who, who will be coming? Uh, or is there, uh, you know, a prayer? Sometimes when I get to a point in my sermon, I have to write out, what's my prayer for the listeners? What do I really hope that God speaks to them about uh, through this text or through this book? We're preaching through Galatians right now. I'm preaching through Galatians right now. And my biggest prayer is that God would have them repent of a works-based legalistic faith, but that their salvation would rest on uh, grace and by faith in Mm -hmm. Christ alone. Is there, I know you may not be able to articulate it fully, but is there one big idea or theme that you feel like is relevant to the women who are coming? I think the faithfulness of God is always so relevant. Um, God was faithful then, he is faithful today. And that gives us peace in the midst of the chaos that our world is right now, I think, hoping and praying that the women can see the faithfulness of God um, as he cares for his people. Um, I always, like, for me, always this Bible study, my passion, my longing, my desire is always for the women to know God, to grow in their knowledge of him, because I think that's what changes us. Mm. As we gaze at him, we are changed by him. And so it's always, um, you know, my, my desire for them that they would walk away from whatever we're studying, whichever place in the Bible we're studying, with a fuller, richer knowledge of who God is. They can see him mm. more clearly. And I think that... Um, Spending time in Deuteronomy is going to do that. Um, I believe that we will see God beautifully revealed in this book. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I love your heart for it. And um, I love that um, that your desire is for women to grow in godliness and to trust the Lord, to trust his word. And, uh, and that's my prayer, too, is that he would show himself faithful, uh, especially in our changing times. Yes. So. Thanks for talking today about Deuteronomy. You're welcome. Look forward to hearing more about it. And thanks for uh, for tuning in to this first episode.